Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Welcome back to episode 48 of Lymphedema Podcast. Today I'm talking with my friend Amy Rivera. She's a powerful speaker, passionate advocate, and entrepreneur. For anyone that hasn't heard of the wonderful Amy Rivera, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, ma'am? Thank you, Betty. Um, first off, it's it's an honor to be interviewed by you because, you know, when we first met, um, we instantly clicked. And then, and then I immediately thought of... Oh, can she do MLD on me? <laughs> <laughs> I felt the so, same So, um, <laughs> so, um, I'm a lymphedema patient. I was born with primary lymphedema and, um, due to the lack of education and the awareness in the medical field, um, I was misdiagnosed for over 30 years and it really left, um, a hole in my family when they were trying to figure out what was going on and, they assumed it was my mother's fault because the doctors had told her it was the way she carried me in her womb. And I just was tired of seeing her carry that guilt around. And I wanted to find an answer and really find out what was going on with myself. So um, at the age of 30, I decided to find out what was really going on with my leg. And that's when I was officially diagnosed with lymphedema. So... I have heard people say, and I actually am not very familiar with this part of your story, but I've heard people say you're the beauty queen with a big leg. Is that accurate? Did I say that right? You did, you did say that right. Okay. Um, I've heard that and I'm like, I don't know. Is she? <laughs> she is beautiful. I, yes. Thanks. But <laughs> I am, I did. Um, so... When I was younger, um, before I knew what was going on with my leg, um, I was always made fun of in school. I was called the girl with the big leg. I was called elephant leg. Um, I never fit in. I didn't have friends that were nice to me at school, but they would be nice to me privately. You know, they'd come over in my house, but when I would go to school, they pretended they didn't really talk to me. And that stung a little bit and um oh, yeah, I, I wasn't relatable to. yeah I wasn't relatable to anybody not even my own family members because nobody else had what I had and I decided one day I was I was I remember this clear clear day I was sitting down watching Stay by the Bell rerun and a commercial came on and I saw this ad you know to be in a pageant and 
that's when I got the bright idea that I was going to change my identity. And if I won the pageant, then people would recognize me as whatever that title was on that sash. And they would forget all about my leg. And so I convinced my parents to let me do it. And I go to the pageant and I see all these beautiful girls and I thought, okay, I really don't need to be here. This is not something that I normally do. I mean, these girls had professional makeup artists, these dresses, you know, they were, they were professionals and I was an amateur at this, but I just knew I had to change my identity. So I get my bag and I look to see what's in the bag and there's a uniform and I have to wear white shorts and a white shirt and with their red, white and blue logo. And I instantly was like, Oh my gosh, I got to wear shorts. Mm. Didn't see that part. But when I put the shorts on, it was like a moment of freedom. Not one person said anything about my leg, not one. And I was shocked about it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe they're just being polite. And then when it was time to dress in our um, gowns, I asked someone if they saw my leg earlier. And she didn't. She's like, I didn't even notice it. So that got my wheels turning. And I was thinking, okay, what what's going on here? How come I'm being made fun of at school? But no one here in a beauty pageant is talking about my leg. Yeah. So when I, you know, it was very interesting to me. Um, so when I get up to the stage to give my speech, why I entered the pageant, what would I do with the money? What would I do with the title? And, you know, the traditional questions, what would you do to make the world a better place and all these things. And I prepared the speech for weeks. I get up there and I forget Every word of my speech. Oh, no. Just forget it. <laughs> so, terrifying. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm like frantically looking in the crowd for someone to focus on so I don't freak out. And I just happen to look down and I'm like, well, I'm just going to tell you the truth why I'm here. And you could hear a pin drop. So I'm sure the judges were like, oh, she's she's unprepared. She's not <laughs> going to be able to perform. And so I tell them why I'm there. And I tell them about my leg. And then at the end of my speech, I lift up my dress a little bit and I show them my leg. And their faces just, they're shocked. They couldn't even believe that I had shared this and showed them, you know, my leg. And at the end of the pageant, when they're calling the winners, I made it to the final four. And I'm thinking, well, I'm getting a sympathy vote. That's really what I'm doing because I told them the sob story. I know that's what it is. And then the next person gets called. You know, so you have, you, you have third, second, first, and runner-up, and then the queen. Well, everyone's going over to the left side of the stage as they're winning their titles. And I'm over here looking at people's ankles and calves. And I always admired people's calves and ankles because I never had two. I've always had just one. And I always look at what they wear and shoes. And 
I'm over here gazing away and they call my name and I didn't hear it right away. And then they call my name again and I look around in the entire, you know, union station where the pageant was, they're applauding me. And I realized I had won the pageant. Uh Uh-oh. And yeah, so (laughs) I, I, I was like, what? And, um, so I get I get crowns and I get the stash and I get this huge trophy and and whatnot and I was on cloud nine for like a day or two I was so excited and they put the trophy in my high school like um, where you put all the trophies in um, in the office and they made an announcement and they did all the stuff for me and for two days like I said it was. Oh, congratulations. You know, I I was able to avoid those names. Then it turned into, oh, you know, the beauty queen with the big leg. And that's where it came from. So it backfired on me just a little bit. But looking back at it, that was my first time advocating for myself, if you think about it. Yeah. And I didn't even know what I was doing. So I'm... It's because you're Happy a natural. That. That's why. To what? It's because you're a natural. You just like <laughs> exude uh, information and knowledge. That's that's one thing that I think drew me to you instantly. Is you're just I don't know. You're well versed and you know and you understand and you advocate well and you advocate for others. So before you, I mean, before you even knew you were an advocate, you were advocating. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I really was. I mean, because I, I always question why me, why do I have this? What is my quality of life? Why even, what is my life supposed to be like? And we all know trying to find your purpose and your calling can be difficult already. And I was really struggling with why I did not want this life. And I couldn't figure out why it was wasted like this. And then that's how I felt. But the moment I advocated, I had a little bit of sense of freedom. And then I felt compelled to continue that, yeah. I, you know, throughout the years. Um, even though I don't know what advocating, what I was advocating for at the time, because I didn't have a diagnosis. But I became obsessed with, trying to figure it out because there's no way I'm the only one on this earth who had lymphedema. Yeah. But yet I never met anyone else. And all those experiences, I mean, they've just accumulated into what you are today and what you are going to be anyways, kind of like what you would probably be destined to be doing with your life. So that is kind of prophetic that you just... Or a natural advocate there. I love it. I, well, you know, um, and, I, and I'm very open about my, my faith and my spirituality. And I feel that God gave me lymphedema to be an advocate. I really feel that that is my calling and my purpose. And the moment I understood that and accepted it, that's really when I felt free. And I know, that makes sense. No, 100% makes sense that 
you, you could take your diagnosis as a blessing or a curse. And if you take a curse um, mindset, it's just going to lead you to misery and hardship um, ultimately. But if you look at it as a blessing and a avenue to share your experiences and to help others, then you're not wasting your life that God gave you because no matter if you have something as debilitating as lymphedema um, and and yours was debilitating for many, many years, I mean, you still have hard times. Or if it's a more minor, you know, disability or inability or physical ailment, um, you can take that and make the best out of it or the worst out of it. And you've clearly done self-work and kind of reflected so that you can encourage and inspire others and just be an honest, I don't know, person about what you're going through. So I admire that. I admire that a lot about you, Amy. Well, thank you. And we appreciate it because we skipped over it earlier. um, But you are the founder of Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Foundation. um, And can you tell us about that? Because your experience and kind of what we just talked about with you taking this disease as a kind of like guide for your life as far as being an advocate, um, I'm sure that influenced you in creating ninjas. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, so after I received the diagnosis, um, I felt like, and I say this quite, quite often, I felt like I won the lottery and then lost the winnings all on the same day because I finally had something to go off of. But then immediately following that is, but there's no cure and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Um, and I remember feeling devastated. Like I finally have a diagnosis, but now what? So when that happened, I was determined to help myself first. And if I was able to help myself, and was able to find a way out of this. I promised that I made a promise to myself and I prayed that I would have the strength to help others. And how I wanted to do that was to start up a nonprofit. And what I wanted to do with the nonprofit is focus on getting people the treatment today and help prevent them from going through the heartache that I went through for all those years. And the last thing I wanted for people was to feel alone. And when I found out how many other millions of people feel the same way I did, I knew I had to do something because that just wasn't right. And so I started the foundation. And um, first we started focusing on just helping with garments. These garments are very expensive. You know that as well as as anybody. Yeah. And... um, it really stung that insurance doesn't cover them, even though it's something we need for our quality of life. So I immediately started that process. And um, the first year we helped, I think like seven patients and I had dumped all my money into the foundation. I just, I was told to do it for a long time and I just didn't want to, and I wasn't sure. 
And I was at the point where I was ready to. And so I did all this grassroots. And and to me, it, it was helping me psychologically to help other people. And the second year, we decided to spread out a little more with um, adding like pumps and adding, trying to find therapists and, and doctors. And that took off. And now our third year, we really want to focus on the lymphatic patient as a whole, not just help with the garments because the garments are very important, you know, but it's kind of like a Band-Aid. And I want people to feel healthy all around. Um, So we want to focus on now getting them, you know, a wellness package. I, you know, we help pay for the CLT visits. We help pay for some of the surgeries, you know, surgical assistance. We help for the garments, a nutritionist. Um, I really want to help the person as a whole because that's, that's what helps them feel better and stay compliant. And of course we'll always help with garments. Um, and we've grown, gosh, we started with, I just wanted to start with a little section of in St. Louis, just a little area to see what I could do before you know it. Um, we were in several different states and, uh, last week we shipped a pump to Algeria. So we're kind of all over the place now. And, um, that's amazing. I'm really, I'm, I'm really just kind of soaking it up right now because I never, you know, I, as I was told, you know, this would never happen. And, um, just goes to show you when you're meant to do something and you follow through that no matter what someone tells you, they're not going to be able to stop you if that's what you're meant to do. And the foundation is just continuously growing and I can't wait to see where the next few years takes us. And then 10 years and 15 years and 20 years. Um, You know, I want to leave a legacy of helping the lymphatic community and so that's what I'm focusing on today. And the concept of a foundation that is solely there to help the patient, like you said, now as a whole, it's it's unheard of, at least where I work at. Um, we we kind of help our patients the best we can, and we apply um, some grant funding to treatment payments, um, but we can't always pay for garments. And there's just a bunch of holes that are left in patient treatment um, across the U.S. and internationally even that you guys are doing a fabulous job of filling in those gaps to kind of complete that cycle for treatment and that education. So, yeah, whoever told you it wasn't going to (laughs) work, I hope you hear this because... No, it's working and it's much needed. And I think the well, I think you. the need is only growing. It is growing. And and you know the the thing that I tell everybody um you don't have to have lymphedema to understand what we're doing because everyone like I said earlier has a lymphatic system and one day it may not work. So if we educate you on what happens when it malfunctions then we can prevent you from going from a stage zero one to where I was, the stage four and the elephantitis stage. Um, 
if I can do anything to lessen that burden for people, that's what I want to do. And several people told me that the foundation wouldn't work. Um, several businessmen, several doctors, family members, you know, you're always going to have people tell you negative things when they're uncomfortable with growing themselves. Yeah. And um, that's just a part of it. But boy, do I like to say, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I just sit back and I'll give them a brochure for their patients. And, that's right. Um, you know, I just think it's important. And again, it helps me psychologically. It helps me deal with my own lymphedema. And speaking of the patients, how does the application process work for NINJA's assistance? So what um, we've done, I, as a patient myself, I had tried to apply for other grant programs that were out there um, at the time. And I was always declined because of either my therapist wasn't um, certified in the area that they needed to be. Um, or they weren't part of that organization, or, you know, there was always something. And um, and I understand the requirements and the rules and the guidelines. However, it was really difficult to get help, and I didn't want to keep putting all those guidelines. I didn't want, I didn't want those guidelines to be put on the patients. So what we do is we keep it very, very simple. Um, you fill an application out preferably with your therapist and you just send me a statement, you know, you send a statement of need, a financial need, what's going on. Um, I know lymphedema is very expensive and I don't need your firstborn child for me to help you. And I know some people, you know, may not have a therapist. So I don't require that your therapist, you know, be with us. But I, I do require, I will help you find a therapist. So what they do is they fill the application out and they give me that information. And if they need a little more help, then I'll, I'll help them every step of the way. Um, clearly, if someone has insurance coverage and they have garment coverage, we're, we're going to help someone who doesn't before we would help them. Um, that's really as simple as it is because... Um, I don't want to put major requirements on patients who clearly cannot afford it. Um, and sometimes if I say, you know, if we say, well, your therapist is not connected with this organization because you don't have a therapist, well, well, let's get them a therapist. That's part of the problem. Yeah, it's just setting up them more restrictions. One. Right. There, there's, there's several restrictions that I came across and that was one of them. And I thought, well, what it like me, what if I couldn't find a therapist? So then how do I find one? Well, then they give you a list, but you know, as well as I do being diagnosed, right? You know, as soon as you're diagnosed, you're hit with so many things, you don't know which way to go. Right. And if I have someone say, well, I need to find a therapist, I'm going to walk them through that entire process and help them find a therapist. And I'll make the connection for them and I'll pay for their first second, third visit, I'll get them on the treatment plan. Until I know that they are completely taken care of, I don't walk away from them. And I know that's a little different than most organizations, but I'm a patient, and I don't forget that. 
So a couple years ago, I came across this quote. I have no idea who it came from. But it said, be the woman you needed when you were a girl. And you just totally reminded me of that when you're talking about how you'll walk them through and you'll get them the information or the access or the garment that you're not just going to leave them behind because how life-changing, and I don't mean that dramatic, how life-changing would that have been for you 15 years ago to have someone say, this is what it is. These are your next steps. Let me help you get there. It would have made, it would have, it, it would have been, um, like very life changing. It would have prevented me from several hundred thousand dollars, several insurance fights, doctors, surgeries. Um, and when I say several hundred thousand dollars, not me personally, but the economy, you know, when you pay for these things, um, it would have helped me emotionally, psychologically, physically, uh, with everything. And that's what I want to do for those people. And I just, I get told quite a bit that um, I'm too reachable or I'm too this, I'm too that. But the reality is, it's exactly like that quote. I'm the person I didn't have. And that's how I'm going to stay. Um, Because I, I promised myself if I was able to get healthy again, that I was going to pay it forward for the rest of my life. And that's what I'm doing with it. So if there's someone out there listening that wants to be involved, are there any ninja events that they can attend or they can participate in? So right now we just have our one event a year, which is the fight walk. Um, This year it will be September 26th um, in St. Louis. And they can um, go to winourfight.org. And they can sign up as a volunteer. They can come. We do um, allow all lymphedema patients to come free. We cover their registration and their shirts. Um, It's very important for them to be a part of the community. And it's very important for the community to see them and understand um, what it is that they're walking for or if they just come to visit. So right now we just have the fight walk. Um, And like I said, that's in September they can reach out to me via email, website, Facebook, Instagram, um, whatever they're comfortable with, and I can help them with the volunteer. Awesome. And I plan on being at the fight walk this, I guess that's fall, September. I plan on being there this September. I know last year I had a scheduling conflict, but I've already kind of put it in my mind that I'll be out there. Oh, yay! Yay! You know, um, it was amazing last year. We had several lymphedema patients from different states come, and um, it was funny. There was a videographer there, and she said she kept hearing people talk about where they're from and how they knew each other from social media, but the first time meeting each other physically. And she um, came up to me. She said, I'm just, wow. This is such a tight-knit community, and you guys just love each other, and you immediately hug each other as if you know each other. And I said, well, when you think you're alone for so many years and you find someone who understands exactly what you're going through, we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to let go. We become family pretty quick. <laughs> we do. And she she really thought that was cool. And, um, and 
that brings, you know, joy to me knowing that I can provide that community support. So for the community listening, um, how can they learn more about ninjas? Is there a website? What's your social media handles? How can they get in touch with you or just learn more about the foundation? So they can go to winourfight.org. That is our website. Um, All the social media handles are on the website, but uh, we do have a Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, which is Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema. And um, we will be doing some other things here in the near future for social media. But right now, those are the ways they can get involved or follow us and connect with us and continue to grow the lymphatic community. Awesome. And in addition to running ninjas, you have ARA Inspires. And we didn't really talk much about it, but um, from the podcast, anyone can tell that you're a great speaker. And I've had the privilege of seeing you speak in person. So if anyone is looking to contact you for speaking events, how can they reach out to contact you for the ARA Inspires? To um, the Facebook page, ARA Inspires, and they can message um, us on that page. We're in the process of launching the official website, but that's primarily how people reach me to speak is through ARA Inspires Facebook or on LinkedIn. Um, and ARA Inspires is just part of the journey. Um, you know, when you come from a really dark, dark place for a long time, um, and you find yourself coming out of it and, and looking back and trying to figure out how you came out of it, you realize that there's so many other people who are going through the same thing. And so I just want to be that light to those people as well, you know, because with lymphedema or without lymphedema, you know, we all struggle with things and it's normal. And I just want to normalize that for people and let them know that they're okay and they're safe. So that's really what ARE Inspires focuses on. Amy, I just want to say thanks for being on the podcast today because you truly embody just what it means in my mind to be an advocate um, and a friend and just that light out there in a dark place. Because a lot of people with lymphedema They are in a dark place. They have a lot of questions and a lot of whys. Um, But I just want to say thank you for being on today and just thank you for being you. I I love you officially. It's out there. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) I, you know, um, like I said, the moment we met, it was an instant, you know, connection. And um, I appreciate what you do for us in our community. As I told you earlier, you are our first responder and we need you. So I appreciate everything you do. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Amy Rivera and the Ninjas Fighting Lymphedema Foundation. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.